Our scripture this morning is one of those unique stories that occurs in all four of the gospel accounts. And there are only a handful of stories other than those stories that center around Jesus' passion and resurrection that occur in all four of the gospels. So this is really unique and a cause to listen up and pay attention. This is an important story. While he was at Bethany in the house, excuse me, while he was at Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at the table, a woman came with an alabaster jar, a very costly ointment of nard, and she broke open the jar and poured the ointment on his head. But some were there who said to one another in anger, why was this ointment wasted in this way? For this ointment could have been sold for more than 300 denarii and the money given to the poor. And they scolded her. But Jesus said, let her alone. Why do you trouble her? She has performed a good service for me. For you always have the poor with you, and you can show kindness to them whenever you wish. But you will not always have me. She has done what she could, and she has anointed, <clears throat> anointed my body beforehand for its burial. Truly I tell you, whenever the good news is proclaimed in the whole world, what she has done will be told in remembrance of her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please join me in an attitude of prayer. Lord, as I preach this message and as we share in worship today, I pray that you would guide us each to take that next step in faith and guide us to be listening to see what you might be calling us to do. Amen. What would it look like to love something so much that you gave it everything you had? How would your life change if you were that infested? The Gospel of Mark shares a story of one woman who was so invested, so overwhelmed with gratitude and love for Jesus, that she did give everything that she had uh, in a gift of love. A little bit of context for our story. Jesus travels to the town of Bethany. That's the same town where he raised his friend Lazarus from the dead. So this is a town of miracles. And Mark's gospel tells us that Jesus is visiting the home of Simon, a leper. An unnamed woman appears with an alabaster jar of costly perfume. Perfume made of nard, we're told. Which, by the way, is an herb that is grown in the Himalayas, which would have been several thousand miles from Jerusalem where Jesus was. The roots and the stems are used to make a very costly ointment and oil. So this woman gives a jar of perfume, but it's not just a jar of perfume. She can't run out to the marketplace and replace this thing. This is a very expensive item. It's an import. It is perhaps a once-in-a-lifetime kind of purchase that she breaks open and offers to Jesus. She gives it all away because she's overwhelmed with gratitude and with love for what Jesus has done. 
Her investment in Jesus changed her life and caused her to act in an unusual way. It's a holy moment that we're reading about in Scripture. It's also a bit of a shocking story because dumping out just a few drops of perfume, as we all know, would, uh, would have created enough of a scene, enough of a smell, enough of a presence, but to dump out a whole jar of perfume, nard or otherwise, would really be quite overwhelming in that building. The whole place would have been overwhelmed with the scent. And we know from the scripture that some of the disciples are a little bit uncomfortable with what this woman has done. And it's not just about the perfume and the scent, it's about the overwhelming nature of this gift. It's a little bit over the top. It makes people a little bit uncomfortable. And yet that's the nature of the gospel message. It's overwhelming, it's unpredictable, it's a little bit uncomfortable, and it's a gift given to us without price. When I was in college, I got a phone call from my high school youth director. And she said to me, do you want to go on a mission trip to Brazil with the youth group? She said, I need some young adults, some college-age adults, who are going to go as leaders on this high school youth, youth trip. And by the way, scholarships have already been given so that young adults can go on this trip. Talk about an unexpected gift, an unexpected offer. To this day, I don't know who the anonymous donor was who gave that kind of scholarship so that young adults like me could go on a mission trip. But their generous gift freed me to be able to say, yes, I feel called to go on this trip without even having to consider what the financial burden might have been. It was an awesome gift offered before I even knew to ask for it. And that is the nature of the gospel. An awesome gift given before we even know to ask for it. When we attempt to cultivate generosity in our lives, that kind of generosity that gives scholarships to young adults, that kind of generosity that causes us to pour out a valuable vial of perfume, it changes our perspective on the world. It changes the way we think about what we have and what we're doing. So I want to tell you a story uh, from my own life. So since the turn of the century, United Methodists have been fighting a disease called malaria. It's used to be in the United States, but we've eradicated it, essentially, and it still kills people in Africa. My husband, Joel, and I were very moved by this mission to help end deaths from malaria, and we knew that we had resources to help meet that need and to save lives. Some of you may be familiar with the Imagine No Malaria campaign that was put together by the United Methodist Church. The premise is a donation of $10 saves a life because it gives a bed net to somebody to protect them from mosquitoes. It also underwrites education and removal of stagnant water and a whole bunch of other things that help eradicate a completely preventable disease. I know that this church was involved with that campaign, so some of you also may have contributed and saved some lives yourselves. So Joel and I, when we first started uh, hearing about this 
this push, this challenge. We'd been the kind of givers to imagine no malaria that tossed 20 bucks in a plate for a spaghetti dinner or maybe put a little bit of money in the plate when it was brought up in worship. And we, you know, we supported the cause, but it wasn't like an intentional part of our lives. But a couple of years ago, we decided that we wanted to attempt something that we called our year of radical generosity. And during that year, we decided that we wanted to give an intentional percentage of our income above and beyond what we already gave to the church to imagine no malaria. So we weren't just shifting around where we were giving money. We actually wanted to give something more. And I share this with you not to be prideful, but just to tell you about an experience that we had. Changing from a random off-the-cuff gift to an intentional kind of gift made us think about how we were spending our money. It was a sit down, look at the budget, see what we can actually do kind of gift, which for us was the first time that we'd had that kind of conversation about sacrificial giving in addition. So my husband Joel handles the checkbook in our family, and we both prefer it that way. He's also much more likely than I am to worry about money, perhaps because he handles the checkbook and he's looking at our budget every week and going, okay, here's where we are, here's where the checkbook is, and and all of those kinds of things. And so when we looked at our checkbook for what we could give, back in our year of radical generosity, we really wanted to push ourselves. We really wanted to push ourselves to the limit to see if we could do it as Christians, as clergy, as people who are trying to follow Jesus. A couple of things that frame this is we didn't have kids. We still don't have kids. Um, We were doing really well at managing our student loans. We are blessed to be clergy who live in a parsonage, so we don't have mortgage payments. So all of these things factored into what we were able to give. But we looked at our resources, and we looked at the need, and we said... Let's do this thing. Let's try this. Let's push ourselves to the max for a year to see if we can do it. We were already giving a percentage of our income to the church, and we decided to give that same percentage to fight malaria and to save lives in Africa. So, in essence, we doubled our charitable giving for a year. And with that giving came decisions about the way we were going to live our lives the rest of the year. We made decisions about what we would be able to do and not do for that year. We decided luxury purchases, we'd keep those to a minimum. Eating out, we tried to avoid that. We really stretched our resources to the max so that we could stretch our giving to the max. And it wasn't always easy, and it wasn't always without... without some sacrifices. But when I talked with Joel recently about our year of radical generosity, he said, you know, I'm always worried about money. I'm always worried whether I'll have enough to do what I need to do. But that year when we gave to Imagine No Malaria, that was the one year when I was not worried about having enough. That's the one year when I was not worried about having enough. That's not a statement about money. That is a spiritual statement. For Joel and I, that decision to give away an extra percentage of our income 
which normally we probably would have just spent on ourselves, changed our perspective about what we had. Suddenly we were not worried about having enough for ourselves. We had more than enough. We had more than enough to give away. It felt a little bit wild trying something different. It felt a little bit reckless, a little bit uncomfortable. It also felt really freeing to know my budget isn't about me this year. It's about trying to save lives. It's about trying to do something bigger than me. It's about supporting Christ's church. It felt awesome. It felt more like a leap than a step. Too often we want somebody to tell us exactly what we need to do to feel that freeing feeling of following Jesus. We hope that somebody else will tell us exactly what to do to change our lives, to cause transformation, to cause something to change in our hearts. We want that perfect scenario that'll cause us to feel good without causing too many changes to our lifestyle. But the truth is, sometimes we're called to take a leap. Sometimes we're called to try something wild, something uncomfortable, something slightly risky for the sake of the gospel because that's what God is calling us to. If it feels like a leap, it's probably faithful. If it feels like a leap, it is probably holy. This woman from scripture, she broke open an entire jar of perfume on Jesus' head. This was not about baby steps. This was not about, I'm going to pour out a drop and see how it goes and wait and come back and pour out another drop. No, she went for it all at once. Bam, there is my offering. I'm going to, I'm going to give it all. I'm all in. She was taking a leap of faith and it was wild and it was uncomfortable and it was risky and the disciples were talking about it afterwards saying, I don't know if this was really the right decision, but Jesus said, this is what it's all about. This woman is giving out of faith and out of gratitude and out of love. As Christians, we give for two reasons. We give because our lives have been changed by Jesus Christ And we give because we want to change the lives of others for the sake of the gospel. We're talking about generosity for the next couple of weeks here at church. I got to tell you, my life has been changed by the generosity of others. My life has been changed because other people have given me gifts that I do not deserve. I have the resources to help others And so I want to use them. I'm thinking that probably most of you who are sitting here this morning, you have had your lives changed by the generosity of others. And you also have the resources to help change lives. So if we believe that this is a place, Clarkston United Methodist Church, where Jesus Christ is at work transforming lives, and if we believe that our lives have been changed, that others have the potential to be changed as well for the better, then why would we not? take out our jars of alabaster ointment and offer them freely in that risky, uncomfortable, slightly wild way of this woman from Scripture. I want to challenge you this morning and throughout the month of October to consider taking a leap. Consider taking a jump 
consider taking that alabaster jar and offering it to the Lord. It is terrifying. It is freeing. And it's holy. Amen.